Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 46. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hello there, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. We have another woman on the podcast today, which I love when we have expert women to share their secrets of success with us, because we all know this is a totally male-dominated industry. I find usually 90% of it or more is men, especially at the real estate clubs, at least in California it is. And I just get so excited when there's another girl besides me. So today our fantastic guest is Miss Whitney Nicely. And she's been called the queen of weird real estate in Eastern Tennessee. And she is gonna share some of her tips for success that work if you're a man or a woman. So with that, welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks for having me, Holly. So excited to have you here. Well, why don't you fill our listeners in by giving them a little bit of background about where you were and how you got to our today and what you're doing today. I started flipping houses in 09 with my parents. My mom has always been a real estate investor. And so I always knew that I was going to be a real estate investor, especially as a woman, like I had to do this. So I, I helped them flip. Uh, it was my first house. It was probably their sixth or seventh in 09. And I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with the house and I moved in it. So they didn't actually make any money. Um, <laughs> I love it. But they had a happy daughter and they knew where I was. And I got to rent a house that, you know, was pretty cheap for what it was. And they got a good tenant and I could still call dad when something broke because he was my landlord. <laughs> nice, nice. And then in 2013, my brother and I had been buying houses like mama always did, like with cash, the normal normal way and we bought two houses but we bought three houses and the third one was a disaster uh we sold it we lost money it was the only one that we've lost money on so far because we were just winging it which is not a good idea and so we had all of our life savings in these two houses and i realized that we were never going to get ahead like we were spending all of our money buying these houses and even renting them we weren't making any money so I had to figure out how to buy houses without money, without credit, without the banks, and, you know, get my life savings back in my savings account where it belonged. Um, so that's when I found out about lease options. And I first, I did my first one in the spring of 2014. So I've only been doing this for three years, but I've done over 50 deals. I've got 19 apartments. I've got seven chunks of land, all that I've done with no money, no credit, no banks. I have to say though, my apartments I did do with banks. Um, because I didn't have 300 grand and they were in foreclosure. So I do have banks involved on that, but I still didn't use any money to buy the apartments. That is fantastic. And so many people that are looking into real estate investing, they're looking into it and they don't have deep pockets. They don't have half a million or a million or whatever to get started. So I'm really excited for you to share your special ways of success with no money. So which way are you going to talk about first? Well, lease options are my favorite 
favorite way, and I like to call these options band-aids because they're going to fit on anything. Right. If the seller is free and clear, you can do a lease option. If the seller has a mortgage, you can do a lease option. If the seller is over leveraged, ah. you can do a lease option. I mean, literally like any way you want to look at a real estate deal, you can put a lease option on it. Even on apartments, you can do master lease options. So why don't you tell someone who might be really new what the term over leveraged means? Over leveraged is also underwater. It's where you owe more on the house than what it's worth. And this mm. happens a lot. And it doesn't always have to be that you bought the house at the peak of the market. It could be that you had a house and you had some medical bills. And so you refinanced mm. the house, put all your medical bills in because it was a lower interest rate to pay those off. Or it might be that, you know, somebody convinced you to roll your car loan and your credit cards into your house and now you've got this huge you know lean on your house it there's lots of different ways that people get over leveraged and then they turn around and they're like oh crap now what are we gonna do right and honestly that can be a great strategy and idea for some people because car interest is not a write-off but home mortgage interest is. So, I mean, it's really kind of good advice and it can save you money too because sometimes the rates are lower on a home loan than on credit cards and cars and it's all right off. But if you don't change your ways and you're still spending more than you earn, you get in trouble. And then what do you do? You call Whitney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and another, another thing that I would say too is people want to know if they're in trouble, who can help them. Right. And if you're over leveraged on your house, I don't know about you, but I don't know any agent that would touch that with a 10 foot pole because they don't know how they're going to get paid. Right. They don't know that the house is going to be able to sell and have enough equity that they're still going to get their commission. So most agents I know are kind of like, that's cool. Yeah. Goodbye. Can't help them. I'm not getting paid. So they walk away. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, lease options are perfect. And people that are over leveraged are in a good position that they don't want to ruin their credit. They want to move on with life though. And if right. you can do a lease option and roll all of whatever it is into the next, you know, 20 years of their mortgage, they don't have to go through foreclosure or short sales or any of that kind of stuff. And you can buy their house and eventually get a house that you don't have any money invested in. Awesome. Well, why don't you walk through us, walk through the process with us a little bit of what that looks like. Okay. So uh, over leveraged, I've got a whole hour long presentation on that one. So that'll be just the short and sweet for the rest of this. Let's pretend that these people are not over leveraged in their houses. Okay. They're just, you know, normal people and I call these people um, bridge people a lot of times they get a bridge loan so oh. say okay let's talk about lease options first okay. okay if you know somebody or most people know somebody in their life that they got married they had their starter house and then they wanted a bigger better batter house and they moved on and then they even wanted another bigger, better, better house, but they've got these old houses still on their debt to income ratio. They're accidental landlords. Like they didn't plan on it. They just kept buying houses and moving on. Right. Uh huh. I mean, you know, people like that. Uh -huh. So it's totally cool. And I call these people bridge people because they keep bridging their loans. And these people could totally turn around and say, you know what? I'm going to rent my house. I'm going to lease my house. I'm going to let somebody move in it. And that's cool. 
that, I mean, that's normal. Right. 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 Or these pe people could turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to sell this house. I'm going to put it out on the market. I'm going to let somebody buy it and it's not going to be mine anymore. I mean, we all know people that have done both of those situations. So right. a lease option does both of those things in one piece of paper. Okay. You are renting the house with the option to purchase it at a point in the future for an agreed upon price today. Okay. So, so tell, yeah, it's not tell, weird. Us about, tell us about a deal that you've done. And so you use this to acquire rentals or is it for flips or is it both? I, I, when I do flips, I've done the whole gut in the kitchen and all that stuff. And I like to do lipstick on a pig kind of flips now. So I, I like to just do a $1,200 thing or 1500 bucks and we get new carpet or, you know, some little something, maybe we paint the kitchen, not the whole shebang. Okay. Because you can spend 10, 15,000 and you can make 10 or 15,000 or you could spend 1500 and make 10,000. And I don't know about math in California, but in Tennessee, it works better if you spend less and make more. Definitely. Yeah. So that's what I kind of encourage my students to do is the lipstick on a pig, the little stuff, the stuff enough to get it to go. And right. most of the houses I look at are pretty houses. They don't need to be gutted. They just need to be spruced up. Hmm. Okay. So, um, I had the very first house that I did, I, I was an agent for about 18 months before I had my first successful listing and sale and I made 1200 bucks. Oh, so painful. <laughs> and you know, I was young and fiery and I thought, you know, I was going to be a millionaire and have a Mercedes by the end of the year. As soon as I got my license, it's just magic. It just happens. I know plenty <laughs> of people, you know, and it didn't happen like that. 18 months, I made 1200 bucks. But when I started doing lease options, I, I got my first house on February 28th. Um, it was from a couple who had retired and then their daughter came home pregnant and the house wasn't big enough. Their retirement house wasn't big enough for four people. So they needed to go and they had a time limit. Like she was about to pop. They needed to go and move on. So I told them that I would buy the house with a lease option. I'd rent it. I'd put people in it. I, I'm not moving into it. And you know, it'd take me two or three or four or five years before I could actually cash it out and sell it. And I had it under contract for 122,000. So I put it out on the market and they were totally fine with that. They were going to be gone in 30 days. I used to kick people out of their house and now it makes me sick to my stomach to think about doing that. Like there's too many empty houses in America to have to worry about kicking people out. So I don't do that anymore. This is my first one. So I made some mistakes. So I had it under contract for 122,000. I didn't have any payments due for three months. And on March, like the 22nd, like less than a month later, I had a couple who were moving to Tennessee from Chicago and they were selling their house in Chicago and moving on down. But you know, I didn't know the Chicago market. I didn't know how long it was going to take. So I told them that they could rent the house from me until their house sold. And then they were going to be cash buyers. So nice. in March, they gave me $3,000 to hold the house, to be first in line to do the lease option. And I had it advertised for 145,000 because that's what the house was worth. And they told me, they said, if we can buy this in two months, will you take 135? And I said, sure. I don't know what I'm doing. That sounds like 13,000. Fine. But they also then said that they wanted to rent it for however long it took. And so if it took six months, I was going to make a thousand dollars a month and well, a thousand dollars a month for the first two. Cause I had a payment due in three months. Oh, so you set up your, 
deal with the sellers or the lesser, the people leasing it to you for no payments for three months? Three months. I had no payments. So and did you have to give them an auction payment? I gave them $10. So that I had a, I had a vested interest in the property. I wrote him a check for $10 that day Okay. on February 28th. And no so payments they were, for three months. You are were, quite the deal maker with they me. They were making the March, April, and May payments. I was on the hook for June's payment. Okay. Okay. So in March, March like 22nd or something, these people came, gave me three grand to hold the house as earnest money. And I gave that to the attorney to hold an escrow because I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing with it at that time. And I still recommend give it to the attorney. Don't put it in your checking account. Don't so, spend it. <laughs> don't spend it. That's not your money yet. So they called me first of April and they were like, Hey, uh, you know, we've had a lot of action on our house in Chicago. We're going to go ahead and start moving stuff down. So let's do this lease option and we'll rent it starting April the 1st. And I was like, thousand dollars a month. And they said, fine. So they started moving stuff down by the 1st of May. They had closed on their house in Chicago and May 7th or something. We closed on our house and I had, I had my contract for 122. They were buying it for 135 from me, but they rented it paid in advance for all of April and May. So I made 13,000 assignment fee on that spread. And then I made another 2000 in rent because I didn't have any rent due. So for my first listing, making 1200 and my first lease option in eight weeks, I made 15,000. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be a regular realtor. I'm going to do lease options. That's amazing. Actually three weeks after that deal closed first of June, I had another one closed. I made another $8,000. So Woo-hoo. 12 weeks, 23,000. I was like, I'm in, let's do this. <laughs> yes. That is fantastic. That is awesome. How did you advertise that um, deal to that Chicago couple? how did they find out about it? I put it on Zillow. Wait, why are you making that face? Which I know not one can see it. You sound not happy about that. So would you not do Zillow again? I love Zillow and I hate Zillow. I know. (laughs) It is such a bittersweet relationship because it works. Everyone's on it. I think it's got to be the number one site out there. It works. It absolutely works. And as an agent, I hate the Zestimate. Yes. I hate the false expectations, mm-hmm. but as a seller, I love it. I never put anything on the MLS because I don't need it. Right. And I don't need all those other agents up in my business asking me <laughs> questions and trying to get paid. I'm not paying you. Go away. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're so funny. <laughs> I'm kind of like the anti-realtor realtor. I mean, my mom was an investor. We never used agents until I had a license, you know, kind of like you. I got a license because my mom was paying these commissions. She was thinking about paying these commissions. And I was like, hold up. If anybody's going to make any money off my mom, it's going to be me. There you go. <laughs> yes. And then she I, bought one house. So <laughs> I love it. No, I didn't I mean, get the check that you did, but I, I did get one little check for representing yeah. my mom. Well, yeah. So those of you listeners, we were, Whitney and I were talking before we started recording. I told her I got my real estate license because 
I have bought a house with a wholesaler that was going to resell for over a million dollars and it was not obligated to a realtor because my business model is and was if a realtor brings me a deal, I'll try to buy it with them and relist it with them. Getting tougher on the relist, even though I still have one going that way right now. So since it wasn't obligated, I'm like, I'm not giving $30,000 commission away. I'll go take the realtor test and I did and I passed it and I like being a realtor, but it's a whole different ball game here for me than for Whitney. You know, California coastal real estate's a lot higher price point. So it's a lot more fun here. So if you ever want to do it again, come out here and join me, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, my bread and butter is anything between 75,000 and 150 and you can't buy a shack out there for that. No, sorry. You can't. Well, maybe a shack, maybe a dog house. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, my next, uh, way to buy houses is owner financing. And I have a great story that I did last week on owner oh, financing. Do tell, tell us about I got, that. I, um, I've, moved in with my husband finally after a year and a half of being married we moved in together congratulations <laughs> thank you thank you I haven't killed him yet but you know there's still time and um we we got this house and we hired a a yard guy yard boy okay I I, I don't mow and I don't have time for him to do that either we got other stuff to do so I was out talking to the yard boy one day and it turns out my yard guy has 13 houses what <laughs> had 13 houses. Oh. Um, and I was just kind of joking with him, you know, I, I'm kind of new to the area. I'm trying to buy houses. And I said, you know, you know, you know, anybody that's got anything that they don't want, that they don't want to fool with, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, actually, I have two that you might be interested in. And so I did, I went and looked at them and they're little crack houses. And if you've never seen a crack house, it's not a house that a crackhead lives in. It's one that when you're inside, you can see outside through the cracks in the wall or in the floor or, what? you know, it's actually cracked like an egg. Oh my gosh. I have never seen one like that. Yeah. I well, believe you though. And what causes that in Tennessee? Uh, these are actually and settling or you don't these have earthquakes, are in Georgia. Right? And the, the first house that I got from him was because it caught on fire. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah. And um, so on that house, I had it uh, set up. He paid like $30,000 for this house, but his tenants caught it on fire accidentally. And so he got a nice insurance settlement out of it. Uh, so he, he was just going to let it rot and sit until I came bebopping through. And I was like, hey, you got anything ugly? I like ugly houses. I'll buy ugly houses. And he was like, I mean, if you'll give me six grand for this thing, I'll let you have it. And I was like, will you let me make you payments? <laughs> and he was like, I'm sure. And so I figured it up. It's like 200 bucks a month for, I don't remember now, two or three or four years. And, you know, the way I do this, I don't do, I don't give my sellers any interest because you got to pay taxes on that. So it was just a flat $6,000. I was sending him 200 bucks a month from, you know, 90 days from now until whenever. I always get 90 days because there's a roller coaster that you got to ride to see how much you're going to be able to get out of this house. So, and I, I didn't give him any money, just six grand. So it turns out that the neighbors next door wanted this house and they called me and they were like, Hey, um, how much will you take for it? Cause I had it advertised on Zillow for 14, nine, 15,000. Okay. I was thinking I could at least double my money on it and $300 a month with however much you could give me as an option fee down. And they gave me $5,000 for this burnt house and I put a picture of it on Facebook because I'm friends with this guy and I was like buying a house 
I got Austrian fee and he, he sent me a text message. He was like, how much of that is mine? And I was like, well, I told you I'd give you 200 bucks a month. And he was like, well, you got a better <laughs> option now? And I was like, I'll give you three grand and not give you 200 a month. I'll just cash you out for three grand. And he was like, this week? And I said, sure, as soon as the title work comes back. So I ended up giving him $3,000 and I'm free and clear on the house. They owe me 12000 and that's a good deal. I think so. Anytime you can make nine grand on a $3,000 investment that I can keep for two years. So I'll pay long-term capital gains on it. Wow. I'm in. Yes. But that was the first house I got from him and I am doing a lease option on it. So I ended up just cashing it out. The second house I have with him, I'm having no luck on. I've got it out for $10,000. I've got it under contract for $6,000. And I'm really thinking that if I, because he bought this one at the tax sale, he put like $1,000 down on it. So even if I send him $200 a month for the next two or three years, he's, he's happy with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to owner finance that one with him. I'm going to tear the house down and put a big giant pink Whitney buys houses sign up and use it for advertising in that neighborhood. Because just on my little dinky bandit signs, I've looked at so many houses that I can make more money on by having just a lot over there where I can put my sign up. So I'm going to owner finance it for 200 bucks a month, call it advertising go with it. It'll be free and clear in a couple of years. It's a lot better than renting a billboard. Yeah. Yeah. You're owning the, the billboard lot space. Exactly. Very clever. I like how creative you are. And, you and about I'll that. eventually get to be a big fish in a small pond over in that neighborhood where I'll own everything. I love it. Take over the world. <laughs> One <laughs> little neighborhood little at a time. Exactly. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. what, um, you know, when I started doing lease options and owner financing, everybody was running to one suburb in town. And so I went the direct opposite way. I went one County over and bought, I did like 14 deals in 2014. Only one of them in my County where I lived. But that way, when I came back to my County, I was an investor. I was, you know, I had more or equal experience as the big boys. And I was more confident to come into those situations to say, I got a portfolio. Now I'm coming to your area. Watch out. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. And listeners, Whitney's prepared like a really awesome, (laughs) I'm going to call it a cheat sheet, little outline of what she's talking about today with some great tips on it that is going to be available to be downloaded on our site, um, which is actually, it's going to be at hardhatholly.com forward slash 45. That's Whitney's show number. So when you go to that um, landing page, you can download her awesome notes. And let's just talk about a few of your notes, Whitney, before I move on to your other strategy. So you're saying for the benefits for the buyer is you do zero down, zero interest, you don't need credit. There's no closing costs. And then it kind of leaves you open-ended for how many you can do with those options. And I haven't really met anyone doing zero down. And I think you talked about like a $10 payment so that there's actually some consideration changing hands, at least around here. I think we need to have some money and I've heard people using a dollar. So do Make you sure always it's a check, do something? Though, not cash. 
Oh, okay. So do a check so that you've got a paper trail, right? Cash is king, except in real estate, because you need that paper trail. Whether it's a dollar, whether it's a $10 check, whether it's $100, you know, whatever it is that you're giving them. And even if you give them money in 90 days when you start making the payment as your option fee down, make sure that's a check and make sure that you've already gotten your money from your tenant buyer so that it's still no money out of your pocket to do this nice. deal. Nice. I love that. Yeah. And then that you go through the benefits for the sellers being, you can offer them their full purchase price. They get monthly income. They don't have to deal with tenants. They don't have to pay the realtor commission. So many people hate that. No headaches. And what do you mean by Dodd-Frank three per year? What does that mean? Okay. So on owner financing, it has to be free and clear. The owner or the seller is financing you the property. That's how we get out of going to the banks. Okay. Okay. And so they are, if you think about it, you are going on title as the mortgagee, you are getting the mortgage in your name and they're going in the bank column. Okay. Okay. So they are the bank for you. Well, the government didn't want a lot of sellers to get out and start creating their own little, you know, kind of little mortgage companies because what if they weren't screening people? What if they were putting people into bad situations that they couldn't actually cash out? What if, you know, people were taking advantage of the public? So Dodd-Frank is a piece of legislature and actually works on a lot of different levels. Like your credit cards have to follow Dodd-Frank rules. Um, owner financing follows Dodd-Frank rules. I think student loans, like there's a lot of things, but I only read the owner financing real estate section of it. Um, and it says that you can only owner finance or seller finance three houses a year to the public. Got it. Now, you know, there's loopholes in that. So if your seller has the house in an LLC and you're buying it in an LLC, it doesn't count. It's mm -hmm. only when it's mom, pa to mom, pa. Got it. Individual to individual. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, and so your seller can only do three of those a year. So if they have 10 houses, technically they can only do three a year. Now, if your attorney cares, if your accountant cares, if their attorney or accountant cares, you know, whatever. And like I say, if they've got it in LLCs, if they've got it in a corporation or they're selling to a corporation, you know, you can still buy a 10 pack if you wanted it. I haven't ever done it, but I guess people can. Um, but the other thing is that with Dodd-Frank, you, I, I tell my students, you can buy as many houses as you want to on owner financing because there's no limit to how many you can buy. There's just a limit to how many you can sell. But I never want you to sell. I never want my students to sell on owner financing because you're literally the bank. And if those people stop making you payments, just like a bank, you have to go through foreclosure. I always want you to sell on lease options so that if they stop paying, you evict them. It cuts the time way down. It cuts the headache way down. And, and probably it, the it's cost. just more flexible. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I screen all my tenant buyers. I teach my students to screen the tenant buyers, you know, to what the law requires. But still, you don't know those people. And I don't want you to own or finance. I don't want you to get into a heavy relationship with somebody who's going to be paying you when you could do a lease option and it's, it's still enforceable. It's still good, but it's not as heavy. It's right. kind of like a, like a what? <laughs> 
kind of like a, a prenup. <laughs> you okay. When you're getting married to these people, you can go at it, owner financing. And, you know, when you're buying with owner financing, you know you. You know that you're going to make the payments. You know what you're capable of. You know how much money you're going to be making. Got it. Got it. I don't want it. you to give that leverage to somebody else. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I know we could talk even more, <coughs> excuse me, about this, but let's move on to your last secret weapon, which mm -hmm. I love to do. And I've done it both on rentals and on flips, the lovely subject to method. So why don't you explain to our listeners what that means? Subject to what? Okay. So when a seller has the mortgage still has a mortgage on their property and they need to move quickly, you can go in and you can buy that property subject to the mortgage staying in their name. The title actually transfers to your name, which could send a red flag to the bank. And the reason that you do it subject to is because there's a due on sale clause in the mortgage that says if title transfers out of their name, the bank could call the whole note due. And that, that is the biggest difference between subject to and lease options. And that's why I lean more heavy towards lease options because title doesn't transfer. So the red flag doesn't go up at the bank. They have no reason to call it due. And a lot of sellers, a lot of attorneys don't like putting that kind of pressure on you, on the seller or on the bank. So I know my attorneys in Georgia and in Tennessee always revert me. If I want to do a subject to deal, if I go crazy and want to do one, they want, they'll, they'll, they'll change my mind and put it into a lease option to protect me, to protect mm. the seller and to protect the bank. Yes. So I've done a handful, maybe just two or three, um, before my attorney was like, you know what? It's just better if we just do these lease options. They're faster. They're more fun. They're just as, um, you know, heavy and title doesn't have to come into your name in case something bad does happen. Hmm. So what was your experience with your subject to deals? Did they work out for you? Did you make money? Um, let's see. I've got one subject to deal. I bought it last summer and it is, I took over the payments at 68,000. I think they owed and I sold it for 96,000 with 5,000 down as an option fee. And my first 5,000, if you give me 5,000 moving to one of my houses, that does not go towards your purchase price. That is just my fee for putting up with you for the next 18 months to 24 months. <laughs> and if you put any more than 5,000 down, I will give you credit towards the purchase price. Uh, my payments are like 678 and some change. And I get 850 a month in rent on that. It's a two one little dinky house, great little neighborhood. Um, so I made 5,000 up front. I was making almost 30,000 when they get their mortgage in the back and I'm making not quite 250 every month, but I'm still making money three different ways on that one. Nice. And then what's your end game with that? Do you just want to hold it forever? Or do you want to sell it to the people living in it or? The lady that moved in in October has called me. This is the first of April. She called me the first of March and said that she was going to be leaving. Oh, <laughs> I said, sorry, I hate that. See you later. So um, she's actually out of the house now. I got to go to Tennessee and put a sign up and find somebody else to give me five or 10,000 to move in. 
Nice. And people, people do it all the time. I, I'll tell you on, this wasn't a um, subject two that I did. It was, um, I had a private money lender cash me out on the deal, uh, for about 60,000 and I had to pay 60,000 back. And then I was paying them, I think 10% interest. So I sold the house for 127,000 on a lease option. Woman gave me $40,000 down and paid six months in advance and then left at the seventh month. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I had somebody else move in about, it took me about a month and a half to get somebody else to move in. They gave me 10,000 down and I, you know, picked up where we left off on that. So I, I think by the end of 2017, I'll be pretty close to free and clear on this house. And I still am receiving 120 some odd thousand when these people get a mortgage or if they don't, I'll get somebody else to move in, give me 10, 20, $40,000 and maybe they'll get a mortgage and maybe they won't. Wow. Do it all again. I love it. Do it it all again. Every day, all day. Cool. The hardest part is getting the houses and you know, I, I teach my students to get five or 10 years. That way, if you go through the roller coaster, you got one or two tenant buyers that come and go, you can make money two or three different times. Yeah. And then you can either renegotiate with your seller and say, you know what? It was good for the last five years. Let me keep making the payments or say, Hey, they got a mortgage and we're going to cash you out. I've only had out of my 50 deals. I've only had one guy get a mortgage. Wow. He had 24 months to do it and he did it in 15. Mm, He was motivated. (laughs) Only one. Hmm. And I've had, I mean, <laughs> most of them boomerang and come back to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have one guy right now trying to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're getting near the end of our time. So with that, you know, I always love to ask my experts, what's some, some, what's some of your best advice to somebody new that's either just starting or thinking of getting into this game? You have to keep going. Mm. it's a good deal it's a bad deal it's falling apart in your hands you have to keep going because you don't know what the next phone call is going to be you don't know what the next seller is going to say you have to keep going and the only way you get really good is if you keep going so amen (laughs) keep at it keep it i mean even if you know you're trying yellow letters and you're trying Craigslist and you're trying Zillow and you're doing Facebook and you know, you're doing all these things. You have to keep going, but you also have to believe it's going to work. If you tell me it's not going to work, you're absolutely right. And I will not argue with you. Yep. Cause you'll find ways. Why you will find work. ways. You'll find reasons. You'll find excuses. Oh, can't work. Yeah. And you will exude that negative energy to your sellers and they're going to be, you know, coming at you with all sorts of questions and you're never going to find the good motivated sellers that I want you to find because you keep putting bad vibes out there. And you're absolutely right. If you don't think it's going to work and believe down in your heart that it's going to work, you're absolutely right. And I will not argue with you. I will not try to convince you that it will or that I can do all this great stuff because you're right. Yes. I'm trying to remember who said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Jim Rohn, somebody else, maybe lots of people have said that because it's yeah, true. It's absolutely it, true. It's absolutely right. And yeah. one thing that I always tell, you know, when I started coaching, I, I was only coaching women. Um, and that was because my, my slogan, and it still is, I I teach men now. I didn't think men would want to listen to me, but it turns out they really like listening to me. And 
my slogan is uh, Proverbs thirty one sixteen. I don't I don't know how it is in your part of the country, but here we all want to be a Proverbs thirty one woman. Like that is the goal in life is to be a Proverbs thirty one woman, a virtuous woman. But in line sixteen, I use the NLT. It says she goes to inspect a field and she buys it. <laughs> She's a real estate investor, and every Bible study that I've seen, every everybody that I've ever talked to about it, they just completely skip verse 16 because they don't get it. And that verse is, you know, that's your slogan. Pillar. Okay. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> you've got, you've got to be, if you're going to be a Proverbs 31 woman, you've got to be a real estate investor. Love it. Cool. Well, for those of our listeners that would like to be able to get in touch with you, learn more from you, learn about you, how do they do that? You can go to WhitneyNicely.com, Whitney like Houston, nicely like nicely done, or I'm on, I think every social media, Whitney buys houses. Awesome. Well, great. Well, we'll have all of your contact info in our show notes. Remember to get the download of her fantastic strategies and techniques, which I will attest to. I've used them all and love them all. And they work. They work if you work, right? That's how they, it works. Yes. Yep. <laughs> You have to make them work. So if you want some success, definitely give it a try. So we'll have them in our download at hardhatholly.com. That's my podcast site forward slash 45. And you can get Whitney's awesome download. So with that, thank you so much, Whitney, for being here. I love your cute little sweet accent. (laughs) Don't hear enough of that out here in California. (laughs) And your stories are so inspirational. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. All right, listeners, get out there and give it your all and go make some great deals happen. If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.